Hello. 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 Hi. Hello, Jack. <laughs> how are you? How's it going? Good, thanks. How are you? Good. I'm very well. I'm very excited because this is the very first call that is international. <laughs> oh, wow. Starting so something new. This is great. Yeah, it is. So I'm very, very happy. Um, it's just to let all the listeners know that you. So we're uh, you. This call is from Australia, so from England to Australia, um, which is incredible. So, mm-hmm. um, just to do a quick introduction, um, we connected on Instagram via Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, usually I do a bit of research on um on the individual who who's taken the call, um. But I started doing research on your Instagram. I've got a few questions to ask. However, um, one of the one professional, Alex Cooley, said a really good quote. He said um, on your Instagram, he said that having been a practitioner in the mental health field for in excess of 40 years, this is one of the best descriptions of transitioning from struggling to flourishing I've seen. And that just gripped me and I just thought, okay, I'm just going to let Jack have the floor and tell his story. And I'm very excited to hear it, as I'm sure the listeners will be. So, yeah, it's all yours. Um, Where does it all begin? Oh, wow. So it all begins. Well, I was um, at the moment, I'm 28 years old. I was born in 92. Uh, I was born and raised in uh, a place called Liverpool in Sydney, not Liverpool in England, but uh, (laughs) Liverpool in Sydney, uh, born and raised there. My my, uh, dad's um, uh, Samoan heritage and my mum's from New Zealand. So both parents were immigrants. Okay. Um, and how it all, so how, why I bring that is how it all started is that I grew up in a really uh, chaotic household. So okay. my dad, my dad was a chronic gambler and um, yeah. obviously that brought pressure on the family. And then my mum uh, developed a, um, a uh, drinking problem from that. Okay. So it was a house full of addiction. And so when, when, when there's a house full of addiction as a kid, you sort of don't know um, <clears throat> what's normal and what's not. Because for me, normal was mum yelling, swearing at dad and dad spending all the money and us having nothing and then mum getting on the drink and um, getting a bit loose. So for me, that was our normal. Okay. So, yeah, so that's, that's where my uh, – and then there was an incident when I was 10 years old where this is the first time I really felt – uh, the hopelessness or I, I I knew something was different with me. I knew something was wrong. Yeah. Um, my, I had a 10th birthday party and, you know, coming from, I don't know if you know much about someone heritage or the background, but we're very, um, family's a big thing for us and we're all very close and it's a very uh, big community. Okay. Yeah. And um, so I had this 10th birthday. It was supposed to be the first birthday party I ever had. It was supposed to be something massive and big. And um, I remember the party was supposed to start around five o'clock in the evening. Yeah. And I got to, you know, mum cleaned the whole house and everything was set. But then my dad didn't come home. And I was like, something's okay. not right. And then no one was turning up to the birthday party. Yeah. And mum, yeah, and I thought, man, this is, something's really strange. But, you know, as a 10-year-old, just like, oh, people will come. And then um, my dad came home and then all I heard was my mum started swearing and yelling. And it's like, you F and tell your son what happened. Yeah. So then my, my old man called me out and he's like, oh, um, <clears throat> uh, just letting you know that um, 
all the money for the food and everything for your birthday and everything. Um, I spent all that money gambling and I went to all your family and friend's house and I told them that the party was cancelled. Yeah, so if you put yourself as a 10-year-old, hearing that, it, it completely shattered my world and that's the first time that my view on life and my emotions and my trust for people and everything completely went out the window. Yeah, so that's where it first started, yeah. Okay, and then how did it kind of develop from there? Yeah, what so it developed you... from there. It, it started off like um, I, I was really, I, I didn't really um, trust people. And so life carried on, yada, yada, yada. Um, as, as growing up, I was, a, I was very good at sport and I got like scholarships to schools and stuff like that. So I went away for school and um, actually played professional rugby for a few years. But oh, as, brilliant. Yeah, so as I was playing but as I was playing rugby, um, that's when my mental health really started declining because the whole time I was looking for love and affection but always in the wrong places. So I okay. thought I'd find it in my, my sporting career, which I didn't. I didn't find happiness in that. It was something yeah. I was talented at, but it didn't fulfill that hole that needed to be fulfilled. Okay. You know, I turned to women and sex and drugs and alcohol and partying yeah. and traveling and everything you could want as a young man and, and still nothing really um fulfilled that hole that I was looking okay. for yeah and I was yeah. trying and then that's when that downward spiral started happening from there yeah and then what um did you so so just to conf- clarify I, I think it's quite self-explanatory but you kind of you looked for fulfillment in other areas because of the void that you had growing up mm. yeah it was it was that like I'm not yeah. saying like I'm real good with my parents now but yeah at, at the at growing up man it's like um I always look for that belonging and um want and I always wanted to be that that person that was center of attention or the popular guy because I thought that's what I needed to feel good yeah but it never, it never ever filled that that void that I was really looking for. Okay. Yeah. And, so, um, oh yeah. Sorry. Go on, go no, on. sorry. So, uh, yeah, and then yeah, that's just sorry. That's just how it happened. Yeah. Sorry. What were you gonna say? Um, I was gonna say so. How um, because you've been diagnosed with mm-hmm. harm, harm OCD. Yeah. Yeah. I'll get to that. Yeah. 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 So. Oh yeah, you'll get to yeah, that. Okay, yeah. Yeah. It's up to you. <laughs> no. 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 Sorry. So because I wanted to give. You know, I wanted to tell the full story of why I thought a certain way. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, yeah I'm listening. Yeah. I'm always. Yeah. So then I got to, um, <clears throat> I, I obviously found my, my wife now and um, we got married. This is when it first happened. We got married uh, in 2015. Okay. 16. Oh, my God. One of those years. I was, <laughs> I was young. I had a two-year-old daughter. <laughs> I had a two-year-old daughter at the time. and um, Okay. We got married in the islands and it was a really stressful period in life because I was living overseas. I actually went overseas to play some, um, to try to get some rugby happening in New Zealand. Actually. Yeah. Um, that fell through and uh, we, I got married and the stressfulness of getting married in another country because we got married in Samoa in the islands, but I was trying to learn, so it's the whole stressful period. And then yeah. um, I went, got married, came back home. And uh, this one time I just had a complete mental snap, like a complete, like, I think it was like my brain's just like, you can't, like something has to give, like you've been completely stressed and off the rails for years now. And um, yeah. I was laying in bed. Um, 
I can remember this so vividly. I was laying in bed on my stomach and I was hugging my pillow but looking at my daughter. And all of a sudden, I had this thought in my head to kill my daughter. Okay. Yeah, so I had yeah. this thought in my head like, you have to strangle your daughter, you're going to kill her. Yeah. And this overwhelming anxiety just gripped, like completely just took over my whole body. And I was like, why the hell am I thinking this thought right now? Yeah, and, okay. And then um, I was like, you know what? I'll sleep on it and this is all going to go away and I'm going to be completely fine. Well, we know that didn't happen. I woke up the next morning and continuously, nonstop, all I could think about was killing my daughter. Okay. And, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, have, yeah, no, that's really yeah, interesting because I've yeah. never heard of, yeah, okay. Uh, uh, oh, so you haven't heard of harm OCD? No, I've never oh, heard of it. Okay, I, I okay, was, okay, okay. Yeah. was going to do my research on it, but then yeah. I thought, if yeah. I don't know, then yeah. you're educating me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll so. let you know. So harm OCD is a form of uh, OCD. So there's uh so you have ocd right which is obviously yeah. an anxiety disorder uh it's not yeah. a cleaning disorder for everyone listening that's not what the real ocd is okay. so, <laughs> yes yeah, so ocd is an anxiety disorder but it can manifest in many different ways so mm-hmm. um you can have harm ocd where um you visualize killing people that you love or just random people and you have okay. urges to do it but the reason why it causes anxiety is because you know that's not what you want to do and that's not really you. So you're thinking, yeah. like, why the F am I thinking these thoughts? I'm going crazy, which then obviously makes you super anxious. Yeah. Yeah, and there's other forms of OCD, like there's um, sexualized OCD where people think that they're gay when they're not gay and that causes stress on ah, them. Yeah, okay. there's, yeah, there's um, religious OCD. So uh, they will be like, uh, they'll have visions of them um, – uh, cursing or having sex with their god, and that'll make them anxious. Uh, so, what oh is the, the, the cruel thing about OCD is that what people don't know OCD attacks the thing that you love the most. So, OCD uh, is an anxiety disorder that actually knows in your brain what you really love the most, and it att- that's why it's such a cruel anxiety disorder. That's why it's, it's one of the uh. I don't want to put it in like it's one of the worst anxiety disorders you can have because it really attacks your core values and beliefs and it really yeah. hits it hard. Yeah. So that's, wow, that's so interesting. Yeah. So I had, um, I, I, yeah. So what happened was um, I, I had these continuous thoughts of um, killing my, my uh, daughter and then yeah. it manifested to killing uh, my wife and my daughter. And um, okay. I, I kept this a secret for a very, very long time, maybe like, a very long time for me during that period was like two months. Okay. But my wife could see that something was because I was scared. I was avoiding my daughter. Uh, I was avoid knives. I was avoid any. I was keep avoiding things, avoiding things, which obviously for if you want to get over um, this disorder is the, probably the worst thing you can do is avoid things. And I'll get into the yeah. recovery later on as we go down the road. Um, okay. But yes, yeah, so, and then. Um, this one time I, I, I was, um, yeah, I was going to commit suicide. Yeah. So I went to, I was to that state because I thought literally I was going crazy. So I thought yeah. instead of me hurting my family, I might as well kill myself so everyone's safe and I'm dead. Um, okay. But obviously that was not my calling. And um, I called my wife and I just said, look, you need to come home. 
right now because I need to tell you something or I'm going to kill myself. And then she literally came home from work and that was the first step to my recovery was um, opening up to my wife. Uh, wow. Yeah. That's deep. That's very deep. Yeah, yeah. It's super... <laughs> it's very, in- it's very insightful. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've never heard of her harm OCD ever. So it's really, really great that you're sharing. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure it will help a lot of people. Um, mm. what, um, so, so following your wife, yeah, she came home, she, mm-hmm. you, 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 that was your first step. What was your next step to recovery? Uh, so we, I got a mate in New Zealand at the time. He was a pastor of a church, but he was just like a mental, like. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I was so scared to tell him because I thought he was going to be like, you're crazy, we're going to chain you up and you know what I mean? Um, Yeah. But it was the complete opposite. He embraced me with love and he embraced me with uh, empathy and he said, hey, um, thank you for sharing. Um, I'm going to pick you up five o'clock in the morning. Like you usually do, we usually go to the gym and train. So we went to the gym. Yeah. uh, Still, during this whole time, I just, just to the audience know, I was operating on the highest anxiety like anxiety that was like i could not breathe or the thought of killing my child and my wife was literally on my mind 24 7 it would not leave it would yeah. not leave i'll be in the shower thinking about it i'll be eating food thinking about it. i'll be watching tv thinking about it. i'll be in the gym thinking about it it would not leave my mind and that caused the greatest amount of anxiety that you overtook my whole life and then, uh, uh, what do you mean? What do you mean by the anxiety? As in, was it kind of were you shaking or were you shaking? Or, shaking. Right, yeah. uh, this heavy, heavy feeling in my chest. Like it's so hard to explain. Yeah. It's like someone is literally got a foot and just pressing it into your chest. Like uh, very um, shaky, very heavy chested, um, very just on edge like very nervous all the time like very very okay. on it yeah and so um like it was crippling it was so crippling um uh. and then um yeah so we and then he's like hey um let's go get some of their breakfast we've got some breakfast and he's like look i don't know what's wrong with you uh, i'm not going to pretend that this i don't know what's wrong with you but what i'm going to do is we're going to go to the doctor right now and i was like okay, okay. yep so I went to I went to uh, the doctor. <laughs> so for people listening out there, get multiple um, go to see multiple doctors and reputable doctors, doctors that know what they're talking about. Because there's some doctors that have no idea what you're talking they're talking about. Just letting people very know. good advice. Yeah, yeah, that's very good advice. So yeah. w- the first doctor told me to. Uh, he's like, "Oh, just stop thinking about it." Then I was like, "Yeah, if, 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 I would have a good you dickhead." You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. That's why I'm coming to you. you yeah. You, like, and I was just like, wow. And then my mate's like, nah, he's an idiot. Next one. Yeah, uh, yeah. I went to see a few more. And then uh, even one doctor, he put me on a, um, he sort of freaked out. And then he put me on an antipsychotic, not an antidepressant. He put me on an antipsychotic. Yeah. So people with schizophrenia and real psychotic um, bipolar, stuff like that. He yeah. put me on this antipsychotic and it literally put me to sleep for 40 hours. Oh, wow. And then I woke up 50 times more anxious. 
And I was like, nah, uh, this is not it. And then, yeah. so it was trial and error. And I finally found this one doctor that recommended me to, he, he created this plan for me. He goes, mate, you got a, you got some sort of mental health problem going on. I, I'm not, I'm a doctor. So I'm not going to diagnose you anything, but I know a really good reputable psychologist in the city uh, that yeah. does, um, that does uh, cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, okay. Um, practices and then uh, he goes I'll send you there so I went yeah. to this man and uh, that's when I got my diagnosis I told him everything and it was so funny because I'm thinking I went to uh, see this, this see this man um, and he's writing down these notes and he's just like tell me what you're thinking tell me how you feel and he's just like the whole time he's like mm-hmm 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 and I'm thinking man this guy's gonna send me straight to a loony BNA <laughs> <laughs> and he looks up he goes oh mate you have a very common disorder I was like hey what do you mean? He goes, yeah, you got how much? Oh. He goes, oh, you got, you got. He's like, oh, you got how OCD? And I was like, for me to be told that I'm not crazy and I have an actual uh, disorder, that yeah. that took half my anxiety away. Oh, it fantastic! Me, yeah, but it was to that time. It was probably five to four months too long. That's why I'm so passionate oh, okay. about telling people to get help straight away because even though it was a five year recovery for me to get fully better. The five yeah. months of suffering could have been cut way shorter if I just went straight to get help straight away. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would yeah. have saved me that horrific, horrific time in my life. So, and, yeah. And, um, so, yeah, go on. Um, yeah, so, so that's... how was this? Sorry, sorry. No, I was going to say, so how was the CBT? Did you... Yeah, so do the yes, I did. So I saw this man for about three years, and that's that's. Oh wow! Yeah, he had to fully rewire my brain, like my brain was a a complete joke. <laughs> so I had to fully okay. So um, so with OCD, um, this is how okay. So I had something. It's pure O. So the compulsion isn't a physical compulsion because OCD is obsessive compulsion disorder. But most okay. people's compulsions is something uh, they do physically. So they'll click or they'll hum because that soothes their anxiety, yeah? But for yeah. me, mine was obsessive. Mine was pure O. So my, that mean, what that means is my compulsion was actually the way I thought. Yeah. Does that make sense? So I'll have the, yeah, so I'll have the thought of killing my family. And yeah. then my compulsion was trying to block that thought out. Or okay ignore that thought or push that suppress that thought and that was my compulsion but it was in my brain okay uh, uh did you have an idea of how you would kill your family or was it just the thought oh, no 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 family? so it'd be like uh, like for example i walk past a knife and then in my in my in my mind i'll be like pick up that knife and kill your kid oh okay, yeah, yeah or i'll see a hammer on the gun i'll be pick up that hammer or my my i'll be laying next to my daughter or my wife be check your wife check your daughter Oh, yeah, okay, but when that okay, thought yeah. when that thought happens, it brings this this anxiety that's just unbearable. Way. And because then I'm thinking, I don't want to think that thought because I don't want to feel this anxiety. You start that compulsive cycle, which just makes it stronger. Oh. So the whole point is to break that cycle. Okay. Yeah. So what I had to do this. And um, oh yeah, gone. Go yeah. On. So yeah. what I had to do was um, to break that cycle is when you have this thought. Yeah. Rule number one is to accept that thought. As much as it hurts, as much as you don't like it, 
you have to accept that thought because the reality is you can't control what your brain thinks. Your brain can think whatever the hell it wants to think. Yeah. There's nothing you can do about it. So what I had to do, I had to accept that thought and then how I rewired that my brain is I had to be like, so you know, the they call it in therapy the real you. So there's got your brain yeah. and then the real you because the real you can speak to your brain. So I'll explain that. It's like when I have this thought, then I can be like, okay, that's just my brain. That's not who I really am. I know who I yeah. really am. I'm going to continue my day, but I'm not going to suppress this thought. So I could continue my day, have these yeah. thoughts, but I won't give that thought power over my life. So even though that yeah. thought will repeat itself and the anxiety was there, I didn't give it my attention. Okay. So I'd be like, but that takes years or months and months of practice to get to that point. Okay. Then over time, when you do that, over years and years or months or months, the thought slowly disappears because it really your brain realizes that that thought's not important and there's nothing for it to latch onto. So I've rewired okay. my brain to be like, that thought's not important anymore. So then once that thought goes away, obviously that anxiety goes away. So do you see how that cycle uh, sort of happens? Yes, I do. I do. Um because you said, I've seen as well that you said that you are not your brain, which is what you've just said. Yeah. Explained, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because your brain can um, think whatever. Yeah. But then you said that you're, you practice. Um, h- how do you practice that? It's just like, 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 yeah, just like every single moment that that thought will come up. I'll, yeah. I'll just tell, I'll, I'll literally say it in my mind. That's just your brain thinking that thought. That's not who you really are. Continue what, what, with what you're doing. So if I'm washing the dishes yeah. and I have that thought, even though I'm super anxious because I had that thought, I would not give that thought power. I'll be like, that's just my brain and I'll continue. That would happen three, 400 times a day. And then it would happen oh, okay. over months, it would go to 100 times a day. Then over a year, it was only 50 times a day. Then over two years, it's only 20 times a day. Over three years, it's only five times a day. Over four years, it's once every six months. See what I mean? It's uh, it's just uh, yeah. slowly chipping away. And, and people got to realize when you're in this fight with anxiety disorders or depression, don't give yourself a time limit. Don't give yourself, just fight the fight, have the people with you and slowly, slowly chip away and you will get through it. You will get through it. Oh, brilliant. Mm. Okay. And um, with harm OCD, do you know, where it derives from, where it comes from, is it kind of, uh, if you know what I mean? I yeah, don't it's, it's, that was a hard one because they don't know yet if it's from your past trauma or if it's, uh, gen- yeah. uh, it's genetically there. So oh, okay. th- it's still that debate of what causes it. They, they say that uh, a person with OCD is pretty much born with it, but it takes something to trigger it to manifest. So for me, it was that stressful period of my life yeah. and then I snapped that was how mine treated okay. yeah okay and you say um you mentioned as well that um I was um watching some of your Instagram stories and um your post sorry but you say that you had um a relapse but you then you said actually it's a spike yeah. I've heard of a relapse but what's a spike so, uh, um OCD spike for everyone listening is where I have those thoughts again and it spikes up and I have that anxiety again so I'll have spikes maybe three, four times a year. They'll last about two to three weeks um, where I'm okay. back in a very hard spot. But because I have yeah. the tools and the discipline and the rewiring of my brain, 
I'm able to understand what I'm going through and I, I'm able to understand that this is just going to happen for a short period of time. Even though it sucks, I can go back to my yeah. therapy, what I've learned in therapy, and I go back to those four things about how to deal with the OCD and I implement those back in my life. Then after two weeks, I'm, I'm okay. straight back to normal. But so it's about recognizing it's re- the signs. It's recognizing exactly right and then getting back into that, okay, this is just my brain. This is not who I really am. And, you know, there's like nights where um, I'm so anxious that I can't go to sleep till about four in the morning. You know, it's, it's, okay, but that's, that's, yeah. part, that's part of it. And I just have to deal with it. I just have to manage it. I just have to get through it. You know what I mean? Because I always know okay. that I went through four years of hell. I can get through two weeks of struggle. Mm. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Yeah. It, does. It, it doesn't last more than three weeks. That's the max my spikes have lasted for. And OCD spikes are very common. Very, very common. Okay. Yeah, okay. so people with OCD will spike every now and again. Because um, okay. once you have OCD, the, the, the thing that sucks about it is that you have it for life. It's something that's with you for the rest of your life. Okay. Yeah, so it's about managing it than getting rid of it. But you can get back to having a normal life like I do now. I have a completely happy, normal life, but I understand that I will have this underlying condition with me that will spike sometimes. Okay, and did you um, recognize any signs growing up? Um, uh, that's I, I've I've been asked that heaps of times, and I really don't really because I've never had. I don't. I really yeah, don't. Okay. Yeah, I've been asked that a few times, and I always sit back and I really think like, was there ever a time? But I think I would really remember it if there was a time, but there isn't. Okay. Yeah. Um. Okay, and then following just um out, out of interest because you're um on your Instagram and again I, I keep referring to your Instagram because oh, you've, um that's how we connected, and that's how I kind of can know more about your story. Um, mm-hmm. from age of eighteen to twenty two, you said that you let go. You've you've amazingly you've um kind of worked on your body, your physique, yeah. and yeah, and you've um I know you say that you've got further to go but congratulations that's massive yeah, yeah. Um, well done. um but um you said that you before that you gave up emotionally physically and mentally was that yep. because of the OCD or uh yeah it was it, it was it was so through the ages of 18 to 22 my full-time job was to play rugby pretty much okay yeah I was contracted to professional clubs I was um, but then when I had those, started to get those uh, mental breakdowns, is uh, I gave up on my footy and my rugby uh, went away. I sort of, yeah, I gave up on myself emotionally. I gave up on myself physically. I gave up on myself in every single way possible. And I sort of just went like, you know, effort, like, I don't care. This is who I am. My life sucks. And I just played that yeah. that victim, not that victim, but that I was in that mindset. Yeah. And I um, put on like, I don't know, 30 something kilos and, yeah, thank God I've lost it all now. But um, uh, yeah, yeah. But it, it was, and then you know when you start putting on weight, and then you get insecure about your body, and then you know it's just a cycle of negativity. Yeah. yeah. And then you said that you changed your lifestyle. How did, did. you do that? Um, I I just I pretty much just um, so this year february so since february i've lost 20 something kilos since february this year. amazing yeah yeah amazing. yeah and um I, what it was is um my daughter kept saying dad you're getting fat and okay. then, yeah and i was just like you know like 
I, I don't want to be like because I was really insecure about the way I looked like I always buy like extra big shirts and wear baggy clothes and you know every time I go to visit family they're like oh man you're getting fat and like even though they're just saying and you have a laugh but in reality it really hurts because you're like damn I am getting fat and then uh, I just sort of said look I, I played professional rugby my whole life I, I know how to train I know how to eat well I know what to do, so I'm just going to bloody do it. And I just did it. And I've just I've just made it a part of my lifestyle. So it's like, it's my routine. Like, I get up in the morning and I go to the gym. Like, this, it's every single, that's just what I do. If I don't do it, I don't feel, I just made it a habit in my life. Ah, oh, brilliant. Yeah. Okay. And, um, and also, you mentioned um, that you have a very good support network and it's yeah. very important to have a support mm. ne- a good support network can you yeah. kind of elaborate on that yeah yeah so um if i i'll get into it but if i just so i don't forget so i always tell people like the four main things that helped me get over my mental health problem was see a proper psychologist and doctor yeah. I found the right medication. Yes, I took medication because it does help. I took the right medication you, that helps me. Are you still taking medication? No, no, I've been off for about two years now. But I did okay. take them. Uh, I had a brilliant support network. And um, yeah. to go along with, and then uh, obviously um, was uh, eating, and, eating healthy and exercising. So they're the four big things that I really believe can help you manage was the um seeing the right doctor getting the right medication or psychologist sorry getting the right medication having a great support network that we'll talk about which is your family your friends people that understand and people that want to really support you and diet and exercise them four things are so crucial to your recovery in any state of mental illness and with the um with the support network is um my wife actually came to every single psychologist appointment that I had so, uh... so she could understand what was she needed to know what was going on with me. Yeah. So she never ever um she never missed one. She wanted to know what was wrong with me, and then it was just like for her to be able to do that is showed that she really cared about my health. And, yeah. th- and then I have like, I'm really close with my siblings. I have really close cousins and friends and I have a real good co- co- community. Um, like I've I got really good mates here in Australia that there's a uh, few boys that I'm very close with. So yeah, it was just about having the right people and the, um, the positive people around you or the people that are willing to accept you for who you are and people that are willing to understand that there is something wrong with you and that will help you through it. Okay, and do you know, um, I know it's through, through, I'm asking kind of on behalf of them, but what they learn, how, how to, how to not, not deal with, but just um, to work with someone who has harm OCD? Yeah, so it was more like, um, so with my wife, it was, so she got to know, it was more like, she'll do little things like, because to get over your fears too, you got to do something called exposure. So think, okay. so for me with harm, actually, actually the exposure was being alone with my daughter because that used to really make me anxious because I'm like, oh my God, I'm with her alone. I'm going to do something silly. Yeah. Or it was to, she would make me chop up all the veggies or chop up all the food for dinner because she knew that a knife was a trigger for me. 
So she'll yeah. make me cut stuff with the knife. So what it does is it teaches my brain to not be scared of these certain things. So she'll expose me to things because she understood, even though she knew it would make me anxious, she knew in the long run, that's what the psychologist wanted me to do to help me. So she'll deliberately put me in positions for me to get anxious, knowing that that yeah. will help me recover. So okay. there's those little support techniques. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. Yeah, and, and she knew she's just like, we're talking about she's just like, you know, even though you could have, like the reality of it, you could have got a knife and killed us all. She goes, I trusted you enough and I wanted you to get well enough that I was willing to put myself in that position. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So, because now you, you, you can manage it, as you've said. So you, yeah. you see the signs, you recognize the signs, and it's about accepting it and managing it. Yeah, so you got to, yeah, with OCD, it's accepting it, um, managing it, and exposure therapy was a big one. So it's like exposing you to your fears, exposing you to, so for example, my wife would be like, no, nah, you got to take your daughter out for the whole day. But yeah. that would make me super anxious. But over time, I had to expose myself to get over that fear. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It does make total sense. So it was, she would like cut up the veggies or this or that, whatever it was, I had to expose myself to, she would force me to do it. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay. And then obviously okay, it was so, educating yeah. my, my, my siblings and they, you know, my wife spoke to them, I spoke to them and it was the same thing when I, it was just like, they were there for me. They're like, look, we love you. We're always here to talk. If you do need to talk and we know you're going through a super hard time, but we're here for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And um, how does, how did um, this affect your, the whole process, the whole recovery process? Um, how did it affect you in kind of your everyday life, like your working uh, environment? And I had to, uh, so I went on a, um, my job, I actually had to uh, get a doctor from my psychologist saying I was in no mental state to work. That's how okay. bad, yeah. And um, yeah, financially it took a hit on us because I couldn't work, even though because yeah. I had to use all my annual, my holiday leave or vacation leave, you know, and sick leave. Yeah. Uh, what made it worse is um, during that time of my my um anxiety like when i really had that breakdown i had a um i got a rugby um like a with a big professional team in new zealand they gave me like a trial to see how i go yeah. and um i actually i actually um dislocated my shoulder and had to go for surgery and um okay. so through that surgery period um i couldn't work again and i was stuck at home by myself all the time so which yeah. made it super, super hard because I was by myself. I just had surgery. I was in pain. Couldn't run. Couldn't do weights. Couldn't do nothing. So yeah. the way it affected my life is that 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 OCD, that anxiety disorder, my mental illness, literally ruled my life for about four to five years. It took over. Like I couldn't. Like I was not a normal human. It was so terrible. It was like the worst. Uh, it was just this dark cloud that was constantly over you 24-7 and you just couldn't shake it. You know what I mean? You yeah, know, it just, and it just came one day, yeah. And, it, and, the, and the thing that used to piss me off, it just came randomly. It just came one day. Like yeah. I was totally fine. I was stressed, but I was a normal person. And literally mm. within one second, it turned my life upside down. Wow. Yeah. 
But you've said how, um, um, and I quote as well, um, it's about how I can help others mm. through my trials. Mm -hmm. So what you've been through, you're now um, helping others. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's been a blessing, you know. Like I, I like I'm I'm a believer in God, and I'm a believer in that we all go through things. There's a reason why we go through things, and you know, there's a purpose for why we're here. And I really believe that. Like even mm -hmm. though I believe that um, I wasn't given that illness, but I was allowed to go through these things because now yeah. I'm able to help people. Um, get through these uh these um these issues mental health issues and uh, i don't know about in the uk but in australia and new zealand uh young pacific island men so that's samoan tongans new zealand's kiwis uh young men are the they're the highest rate of suicide between 16 yeah to, that's the same in between 16 and 35 they commit the highest rate of suicide and it's like it's stacked the numbers are unbelievable um, yeah. but I, and the thing is that like with our culture um the Samoan culture is very stubborn and very old school yeah. and they're not accepting to um the new way of uh medication or thinking or it's just like nah this is how we do it this is always how we do it but it's just like hey how we always do it isn't working because our people are dying every single day from these illnesses and we're not doing anything to to help so for me is my passion is about helping my people and educating yeah. my people and it's been a blessing because you know like the opportunity to speak to you and then I had this psychologist post my stuff and I've spoken um about four times at events so it's really showing that like what I'm saying now is really getting accepted by people and I'm really getting you know I'm really um it's really sitting with people because I'm I'm not someone that has this degree that's sitting up there telling you this is what you do. I'm a person that's been through it and I'm telling you this is what I yeah. did. This is how it helped me and this may help you and I'm here to support you. And it's I'm really, really passionate about it. I really like that's just my whole goal is to really uh, educate and help our people. And that comes across massively, um, it, how you speak and um, on your Instagram, which um, of, anyone can follow, um, which will be great to follow. Um, and I just wanted to ask, because you did mention the suicide rate. Um, it is the same in the UK, mm -hmm. um, males between um, 18 and 35. But what do you just, I know it's going off the subject a little bit, but what do you think is the reason for oh, that? They're, they're... For us, I think there's a lot of things. I think um, if I'm speaking men in general, I think it's the 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 pressure of um, providing, especially in this new okay. social media world. Like everyone's expected to be this rich, good-looking, amazing, popular person, but the yeah. reality of it is like Instagram's fake. <laughs> Instagram's yeah. not it, it's true, yeah. social media is not real life like half yeah. those people that are posting their Gucci stuff are probably in like 90 100 grand dollars worth of debt like the, very true you know, there's, there, there's, a, there's a reality to this and I think that through social media I think that's one aspect that we've conformed to what success is and people feel like they're failing yeah. Um, yeah. another thing is uh, culturally speaking I think that especially with um, looking at young Pacific Island men and obviously knowing my cultures the pressure of being someone or believing in something that they know they're not wanting to be or who they're wanting to be 
or not having a voice. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's like if a young person asks for help, it's sort of like, why are you asking for help? You have nothing wrong with you. You know, it's just this, not, yeah. it's the whole culture of our elders. I'm not blaming our elders. I'm not blaming our elders, but I'm saying like it would help if they understood the um, importance of mental health and why this happens. Yeah. And I just think it's a, it's a combination of culturally not understanding, expectation yeah. of the world. And I just think obviously with COVID hitting, no work, um, I just think it's just the pressure of life and that's really getting to our young men. Okay. Mm. And um, thanks for explaining. Um, and um, how do you, how would you, what advice would you give um, someone that's seeking support with harm OCD and mental health, any males or anyone, just what advice would you 100%. give? 100%. Go see a CBT therapist that, deals yeah. with OCD because they're the any other therapist will not help you because these therapists specifically know how to help you because OCD is such a complex mental health disorder it's so complex um okay first of all I'll see a doctor uh yeah. second or I would um have a find this get rid of any negative people out of, like literally when it comes to getting a mental health right you have to be selfish anyone that's dragging you down okay, piss yeah. them off get rid of them yeah okay if you're smoking if you're drinking if you're eating like crap quit smoking quit drinking alcohol and start eating properly because it makes a massive difference massive difference and get a okay. bit of sunshine go for your walks get a bit of exercise yeah, they're, they're, the, they're the main things that I would, they're the, they're honestly, I, I truly believe they are the main things that will get you there, that will get you help. Okay, brilliant. And um, you, thank you again for sharing that. And um, you um, say about going for walks and things like mm -hmm. that, uh, going for walks, get sunshine. Is there any other kind of outlets that you, and the gym maybe? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I guess to, so. Yeah. Uh, every, like I said, every, my outlet's going to the gym and I, I play basketball now. Yeah. So every Thursday night I, I play in a, a basketball competition and and then uh, even once a month I catch up with uh, four of my group, really good friends and we'll either go bowling and dinner, or we'll go golfing, golf and driving range or you know, even if we stay at home and we just have a few beers and smoke a bit of shisha. I don't know what you call shisha in America okay. in UK. Would you? Do you know like what the? Yeah, shisha is the shisha as well. Like yeah. what the what the Arab smoke, the Arabic. Yeah, 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 it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's really big in in Australia. So yeah, oh, really? I didn't know that. Okay. And we get the obviously, guys listening, we get the non-tobacco one, so it doesn't spike any anxiety. We just. <laughs> Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. So we get we get a bit of shisha, and we have a few drinks, or we watch the rugby, or you know what I mean. Just oh no, yeah. It's, it's really important to get lovely. away, just get away, because like the reality of it, like my kids and my my wife, that's not an outlet. Like that's stressful. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so even though I love them to death, but you know what I mean. Like yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. You yeah. Outlet. The outlet means getting away from everything that's in your life and just getting zoning away. So yeah, for yes, me, it's the, yeah. definitely the gym, uh, exercise, basketball, and hanging out with my mates. Yeah. 
Oh, fantastic. Okay, and um, also, um, again, I've, we've said it, and I'm plugging your Instagram yeah, now because you've started, you've you've started your journey on Instagram, and I know that it's going to continue. It's going to continue. Oh, I of hope. course, of course. I only just I, I only started yeah. like two weeks ago, and yeah, it's been great. I've had a really good response, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you're so good at speaking. You're so um, you're very charismatic. Very charismatic. You're very um, you you speak with clarity, and your 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 strength comes across. Um, so I would urge anyone to um, anyone listening to follow Jack on his Instagram. What is your? Can you say what your Instagram is? I have is? no Just idea. So... I'm new to this social media world, people. Uh, oh. so <laughs> no. Do you want me to put it in? I can put it in the yeah. Part. It's, it's Jack Junior Iono. I don't know. I don't know. We can you do okay, it. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's that's very no. cool. That's a very cool yeah. response. Honestly, yeah, hey, I'm not this. Um, <laughs> it's funny because I was like, I, I, I've had it for ages, but I don't really like. I think in like two years, I posted like two things, and then all of a sudden, I was like, I was like, okay. stuff it. I'm just gonna do like this. Uh, I just felt like I needed to do this. You know what? Do you know in your heart when you know you need to do something? Yeah. And I just yeah. was like, you know what? I'm just gonna do it and then voila I just bloody people just started messaging me out of nowhere and you know what I mean like even like it it, that's when you know you're doing the right thing is when you know it's impacting people's lives for the positive yeah yeah you know and I've had I've had random you know my mates I haven't spoken to like I had a very good friend of mine uh that I hadn't spoken to in about two years you know just caught up in life and he just messages me yesterday and he's like man like i really need to speak to you please call me and i called him he's like i've been watching your videos and he just broke down and just let loose and i was like man and he's uh, like it's because of your brilliant. videos and it's just like and i don't want to make and like i know i've said this in my videos like i don't want this to make this about, it's not about me these videos are not about me yeah. or glorifying me it's about how they can help people and when i get those phone calls or messages from you to come on this podcast that's when i know i'm doing something positive uh, brilliant yeah. and are you happy for people to message you oh, 100 percent, 100 percent. that's like I, i'm uh, an thank... open i'm so open to this you know what i mean like i've i'm i'm so open to it yeah. oh brilliant that is so yeah. good so I, I will put your post your your name your instagram yeah, cool. name um yeah. on the post because yep yeah, and um direct people towards that and that's on i can relate.co.uk yeah. and um yeah so I just want to say a huge thank you because this is the first, as I said at the beginning, the first international call in its Australia, mm. which is incredible. Mm. Um, and is there anything that you would like to kind of, any words that you'd want to finish um, with? And just Honestly, just obviously thank you for allowing me to, to come on your podcast and speak. But but no just people honestly my 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 the only thing i could say is if you're if you're going through things guys don't do it alone i know you've heard it a million times but go and see the right people go get help because as dark as it can seem at times there is i promise you i never thought i'd be where i'm now but there is light at the end of the tunnel if you do the right things if you help yourself that your recovery is yeah. all based on your effort. That is the reality of it. As much as it sucks for you to recover, it's it it's on you. No one else can do it besides you. So you have to put in yeah. effort. It's gonna hurt. It's gonna be hard, but it's gonna be totally worth it. 
fantastic and um again your um your you exude leadership and anyone please follow um jack's instagram and i will follow and support 100 percent because um yeah it's you've it's amazing what you're doing and i really thank you for sharing yeah, thank you very much okay well take you care too. of yourself and um, yeah we'll be, be in touch yeah, we'll yeah. be in touch right, definitely you know yeah thank you very yeah, much yeah 100 percent take care bye bye